Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. And we are back already, and we're going right to the phones. And joining us from Tight Lane Outdoors is Matt Ensley. And, Matt, I know you were listening. We got Austin Parr in studio, and we had Brad Peterson on. I know you were listening to part of that. And you probably weren't online earlier when uh, Austin and I were talking how we've seen a slower fall transition because the water has stayed so warm. But this colder weather looks like it's going to really, I think it's going to kick off a lot of great fishing, don't you? Absolutely, Terry. Hey, guys. Hey, Austin. How you doing? Doing well, Matt. Thank you. So, absolutely. Yeah, the temperatures have finally dropped, and the fall bite has begun here on the Front Range. Last time we spoke, and I was on your show, we were talking about the fall bite in the mountains, and that's still going. It's strong, uh, catching tons of trout up there, two baits and uh, Tasmanian devils. But uh, things have changed down here. The fall bite has begun. I'm doing crappie trips, walleye trips, and catching numbers of fish right now. Yeah, Austin told me you bought, bought him out of uh, Tasmanian Devils and stuff. <laughs> That's certainly I the did case. buy him out several times. <laughs> yeah, I'm back to get some more here soon. You know, I, 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 I'm, I have no affiliation with Tasmanian Devils at all. I have some of my tackle box. I know some of the people that in the company, but they've never given me a penny. Um, it's a weird-looking bait that a lot of people have trouble understanding, but boy, does it work, huh? Oh, man. Oh, for trout, it's, it has the most erratic action of any lure I've thrown, uh, and it catches trout. I haven't really tried it for other species down here on the Front Range, but I can tell you the trout love it. They just slam it. Well, I had something in the salt water take one. It wouldn't give back once. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what are you seeing out there, Matt? Well, here on the Front Range, it, our jigging patterns, and Austin has probably talked about this at length with you earlier today, but blade baits, jigging wraps. I heard you were talking about jigging wraps, one of my favorite lures this time of year. Uh, my favorite color, and each lake has a, uh, a prime color that works best depending on the forage base. But most of our lakes all have perch, so that gold perch is an awesome bait on most of our bodies of water and catches tons of walleye this time of year, and some really nice ones also. Uh, the blade bait, uh, been around a while now, uh, just a basic silver color. Uh, sometimes a, a touch of chartreuse on it can help. Uh, that works in the shallower uh, areas where you can cast it and work it back off the bottom and off the edges and drop-offs in most of our front-range lakes. And uh, a little known, well-known bait, but little used this time of year is a jerk bait. And that jerkbait bite is starting right now, and it catches really big fish. It suspends and uh, sits in front of their face, and they and they can't stand it. They'll come up and slam it, both smallmouth, largemouth, and walleye. Any particular jerkbaits that you're fond of? Well, the Perfect Ten, uh, which is a rogue bait, uh, is one of my favorites. What the Perfect Ten means is it dives to 10 feet and suspends there each and every time. And that seems to be a magic depth uh, up on points or edges uh, right now with the uh, uh, fall pattern coming in to play is around 10 feet. Uh, The other is the slow-sinking Rapalas, and they make several versions of that. Those are awesome baits. Uh, Get something in a perch color in the Rogue. They make one called Perchase. It certainly doesn't look like a perch to me. It's more purple than anything, but... 
the the walleye seemed to really like that purple color. And then in the Rapala, I would go with something in a natural perch or even a chartreuse color. Yeah. No, I was going to say some of those shadow wraps, like you're talking about, we've had fantastic success with, and they just seem to just have just the right sink rate. You know, they're not like a countdown by any stretch. They'll just kind of hang there and just barely move down. It's been something we've had a lot of success with. Yeah, the fish see that slow sinking action, and they assume it's a stressed bait due to water temperature falling, and, and they just jump on it. And when you get a bite on a jerk bait, there's no doubt that you got bit. They slam it. It's not a, is, are they there? Is it a wet sock field? No, it just hammer it, and that includes walleye. Do you expect this jerk bait bite to hold up, or do you expect as this water cools, these fish are going to go deeper? It actually improves as the water temperature drops. Uh, by the, you know, our lakes are going to all close at the end of November. Some are starting to close at the end of October. But uh, for the jerkbait bite, you'll be able to fish many of these uh, front range reservoirs right up to the end of November, and it just continues to improve right up to the lakes close. So, are you seeing shad coming up, or is it mostly perch you're seeing up shallow on these lakes? Uh, I'm seeing all of the fry of the year, no matter what it might be: shad, perch, minnows, baby bass. Uh, they are up shallow. What's happening is we get grass beds during the summer months in all of our bodies of water. Some of them are visible, some are not, but there's always grass in the fry of the year. The hatch will hide in that grass all summer long. When that grass starts dying, they don't know where to go right away, so they move right into the shallow littoral zone in inches of water to hide. So don't go too shallow. I mean, you can go shallow and still catch fish because they're sitting waiting for those fry to come out of that littoral zone, and they're whacking it. I'm catching fish in four feet of water. I know uh, Austin has done the same thing. So uh, try shallow and work your way out deeper to those 10 to 12-foot ledges. We did that on Boyd. Uh, I did that a few weeks ago, and Ronnie Castellone and I, we pulled um, – Spinner baits through the those the remnants of those grass you're talking about as the water drops, and just as we get past the edges of those grasses, big bass would just hammer it. That's correct. Spinner bait, a small spinner bait that mimics the small fry, which is about three, some four inches, but three inches is about the size of them right now. Now uh, you you were up in the mountains fishing too. Is that still going well? The spinny area. How long is spinny open? It closes the end of October. Uh, so, yes, is it going? It's as hot as I've ever seen. Both spinny and entero are putting out numbers of trout. If you go, if you want to go up there trout fishing, entero is big numbers, 50, sometimes 100 fish a day uh, with some 20-plus inch fish. If you want to go trophy hunting, go to spinny. Every fish you catch will be over four pounds. It's crazy. Oh, it's just nice. Hey, we just got a, we just got a message that uh, Nate has dropped a pronghorn. So, yeah, he called me, and I'm standing in for him today at the last second because he couldn't get on his cell phone. But, I know. So not being yeah. on allowed him to, <laughs> to harvest a pronghorn. He got him. He's been going for one for a while. Yeah. And well, you know, he's got to get something. His wife is kicking his butt with number of species. She got her moose this year. So he's got to do something to keep up. That's right. I saw that. Yeah, that was a beautiful, beautiful moose too. Now I was just reading that you said uh, you said antero and spinny. You said antero numbers and and spinny for big fish. And I missed if you said how late is spinny going to be open? Oh, excuse me, end of October it closes. Okay, so we got uh, a few weeks to get up there. I imagine you guys are seeing pike up there too. 
Right. The pike are a little slower right now as the water temperature. Uh, Spinney, by the way, the water level has dropped six feet. They're pulling water out. City of Aurora is right now. I think they might be selling some of that water because it's dropping six to eight inches a day. Uh, and that has uh, moved the pike out of the shallow uh, zones that they had been in around those grass beds and moved them deep. So we're trolling for them with minnow baits uh, out in 20 feet of water to catch uh, some trophy 40-inch type pike. But we're still picking up a few of them. Uh, the, the real bite is that trout bite, four to six, seven-pound trout every trip and numbers of them. So it's a lot of fun. What about, are the fly fishermen catching those big trout too? Or you just Absolutely. Seem- uh, they, they love flies up there. They're feeding on flies. If you can catch a day where there's a hatch going on, uh, the bite actually picks up a little bit for all baits that you're throwing. But the fly rod's working, and you can catch them on fly rods too. You just can't cover as much water to get more bites with a fly rod as you can. Um, a Tasmanian devil or a tube bait. All right, so I'm going to give you, I want you to give me two places uh, since the Broncos play early tomorrow and everybody's going to be mad when they if they lose. Where should they head out fishing tomorrow afternoon? One mountain place and one front range place. Well, it's still spinny uh, for the mountain lake. That's my recommendation. Uh, two baits and uh, Tasmanian devils, and you won't go wrong. You'll catch some very nice fish. As far as the front range, uh, I'm going to give you two lakes on the front range. Crappie, we're catching 100 a trip at Quincy, and uh, start hitting Aurora, throwing uh, jigging wraps, blade baits, and uh, the jerk bait I mentioned. What are you using for the crappies at Quincy? Uh, two baits. Um, I know a lot of people like to use live bait, but I'm crappie uh, take plastic two baits, any kind of plastic that mimics the little minnow quite well. In fact, I catch more fish on a tube bait because you're not fussing around rebaiting with live bait. So, and of course, you can't use live bait anyway. But some of the other reservoirs, there are a lot of crappie in the front range, and they're underutilized, I think, as you guys were talking about. So uh, crappie bite out there is awesome, 10 to 12-inch crappie. Last trip I had out there, we caught 100. <laughs> are you swimming that tube bait at certain depths or fishing it under a float? How are you presenting it? I, I, I am fishing it under a slip float system. So I know the the depth I'm fishing in, it's an edge dropping in from shallow water to deep water. And I'm setting that float at about 12 feet and uh, dropping it right on their nose. And they can't stand it. You bobble the float. You don't move it a whole lot. You just kind of bobble it in place. And when you find the sweet spot on the structure you're fishing, the float goes down cast after cast after cast. Well, I'm going to add, tell, comment, get a comment from both of you on this question. But, uh, Matt, you did a presentation at ISE last year on just fishing floats. And I, want, I think personally, and I used to do one years ago myself, if more people would get past the fact that they're bobber fishing and use a float, whether it's a fixed or a slip float, most anglers would catch so many more fish. Do you both agree with that? How about you first, Matt? Absolutely, because it holds the bait in the fish's strike zone, and that's the key. Getting the, whatever lure you're using has to be within a fish's strike zone. And with a float, you're you're suspending it right on their nose. Especially with that slip bobber, you can adjust that depth to whatever level that you need, whether it be in deeper water or shallower water. And 
hit that same spot every single time rather than having to fuss with a long long leader on a fixed bobber. Well, and I hear all the time that they want us to cover more shore fishing on the show. And we do try to do that. And this, you know, as the water cools, we're going to see better shore fishing coming up in the next few weeks as the water cools. But a float is just a great way to attack some of these, especially if you've got a snaggy bottom or, or fish that are positioned at just certain depths off ashore. Yeah, I can't agree more with that either. I mean, especially, you know, as soon as that ice comes on, we're going to have a great bite with some small jigs tipped with mealworms and waxworms. And if you can take advantage of that right before the ice comes on, utilizing that same bobber. Matt, as as always, great, great information. Any last comment? Uh, go fishing, guys. Fall is one of the best times of the year. Well, you know, it's a lot of people are hunting. A lot of people put their rods away. It's not only some of the best fishing of the year, but it's usually not crowded, too. So, And if they want to book a trip with you guys, it's tightlineoutdoors.com or tightlineoutdoors on Facebook, right? That's correct. All right, my friend. Thank you for filling in and allowing Nate to harvest that, that pronghorn. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Sandy Clef here to tell you about SCL Mortgage, special circumstance lending, locally owned and operated. And if you're self-employed or work on commission, this is the place for you. Bank statement loans are back. You don't need tax returns to do your loan. In some cases, the bank statement loans can be done with credit scores in the low 600s. MySpecialMortgage.com on the web, 303-790-2222. The phone number, SCL Mortgage. Licensed by the Colorado Department of Regulatory Agencies, number 1200716. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. This is Austin Parr in studio with Terry. Good morning, Austin, again. Excellent, Terry. Like I said, I appreciate you having me on. I believe you've got a special guest you want to talk to. I certainly do. We have Kevin Gibbs on the water right now, actually. Kevin, how are you? I'm good, bud. How you guys doing? Doing excellent. How's the fishing this morning out there? Uh, 18 in the boat so far. Just lost one. Had to put the rod down so I could call you. And the <laughs> water temps dropped to 60 degrees. Not bad at all. Now, where are you out fishing this morning? Actually, we're in one of your favorite spots. We're sitting on five. <laughs> out on out on Cherry <laughs> Creek. So that's one of my, uh, one of my favorite areas over there. It sounds like you're uh, up on the shallow water area over there. Yeah, we are. Perfect. So you mentioned the the water temperature's falling a little bit out there. Um, yeah, we've uh, lost a couple of degrees from last time I was out. Yeah, you know, that water temperature falling, we've talked about it on the show already this morning, Terry, but uh, I think that we're going to be having some some really good fishing coming up here as those shads start to school up. Yeah, I, I think that we've seen... Uh... Uh, uh, kind of a different transition because the water stayed warmer later into the fall, but this cold week ahead of us should really put us in fall patterns, I think. Absolutely. So, Kevin, you've been doing quite a bit of guiding out there as of late. Um, What have you been seeing over the last uh, little bit out there on Cherry Creek specifically? Well, Austin, I've been seeing it's, it's different every day right now because these fish are fouled up due to the weather conditions. It, it don't, it doesn't know if it's going to be nice or, 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 nasty from one day to the next so you're really having to search but once you find them once you find them you can catch these fish and there's some really good ones in here absolutely i think think people are you know putting their boats away too soon because this is one of the best opportunities of the year for a jumbo walleye yeah and you know you get the, the the conditions correct and not only with with big walleyes but numbers of big walleyes you know you've talked yes. to me about years in the past where you've had days with with multiple big fish oh yeah oh yeah it, it, it's just 
it's a phenomenal fishery, and um, I'm really proud of the way the Division of Wildlife has uh, protected this as much as they possibly can with all the traffic it has. Absolutely, and you know, it takes some of the, the most pressure out of any metro body of water, yet it's one of the best walleye fisheries in the entire state. You know, Maybe the world. Maybe, yeah, there you go. I mean, it is it is truly a, a gem that we have, and, and it's so funny because, you know, I'll go out and talk to people about guiding and to say, okay, where are we going to go walleye fish? And I'll say Cherry Creek, and, and you even had a, a client like that a little while back, and they're stunned at the, the success rate that you can have out there. Yeah, this kid was from Ohio, and he was absolutely speechless. I, I mean, uh, Cherry Creek, I mean, but we got out here and we banged him. Uh, and he took home three nice fish from 18 to about 21 inches and uh, didn't get any big fish that day. And, of course, with the big ones, you need to let them go. I mean, these fish are they're a constant resource, as was the one you caught the other day, your client. Absolutely. And you could tell that fish had been milked because they had clipped the top of his tail. And I've seen several like that. Absolutely. You know, I can't agree more with that. You know, any of your anglers that are, you know, really true, truly uh, in-depth walleye anglers all will agree on that, that those big fish, especially in a lake like Cherry Creek, where the state is utilizing those fish as a resource to stock the entire state, um, you know, those big fish are vulnerable this time of year. And, uh, you know, they're, they're fantastic to catch, but, you know, getting a quick picture and letting them go and, and taking advantage of a replica mount, if you're looking to do that, is a good way to go. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And it just pure evidence of it is we're catching walleye from four inches on up to legal size. And that's from the, the work that uh, the state has put into this lake, stocking and, and everything, and the milking here, Chatfield, uh, Pueblo, et cetera. And it's just a, a good source, and they're keeping it going, and I love that. So do you expect that uh, as this water cools now, I hope we're going to have a week or two of cold weather, that um, you'll see these fish get into a more stable pattern and be able to pattern them a little easier? Well, Terry, um, last year we had a really nice um, Indian summer, and we were able to come out. I mean, banker's hours, we come out at nine fish till three. And these fish were sitting on the edges and sometimes in the middle of the afternoon on the tops of the humps. And they'd be bunched up three or four together, and you could virtually just drop something in front of them you know, a, a gulp on a jig head or a um, a snap jig uh, with a gulp on it or something like that in front of them, and they just suck it in. And it's, it's just phenomenal when it gets like that. And that that's going to happen again this year. It's just a matter of time, when, and um, the conditions that we will face. But I'm looking for this front coming in this coming week to make for some phenomenal fishing in the next month and a half, two months. Well, you know, I think that we're going to be having, I, I totally agree with you. And, and, you know, going back to what you were talking about as far as those snap jigs as well, I think that, you know, we've been talking about jigging wraps and, and spoons and blade baits, you know, all morning on this show. But those snap jigs, although we talked about them a lot last year, is something that seems to have kind of gone under the radar a bit. And it's something that we've actually been having a lot of success with. Have you been catching some fish on that this year? You know, we do good. We do good periodically. And um, it's a matter of what they want at that particular given in time. But a perfect example of that, uh, as far as the gulp's concerned, because I like using the gulp, uh, my tournament partner, Jeff, Don, and I were fishing tournament in, what, 2013. We had four legals in the boat, and we couldn't get that fifth. We pulled up on a hump. He put on a gulp and a jig head, and we had that fifth fish. 
Yeah, the Gulp uh, is just such a strong producer. And, you know, for those that aren't familiar with what that snap jig is, it's actually a specific jig head that Berkeley is producing that is um, designed for something like a Max Scent minnow or a Gulp minnow. And it actually mm-hmm. has a, a jigging wrap style fin on the back of it. So it can mm-hmm. dart back and forth really nicely. And when you pair that up with something like a Gulp minnow, man, you have a, a heck of a combination. Yeah, you're still you're still getting that reaction bite when you've got this many stressed shad as we're going to see over the next couple of weeks now with this temperature change. You almost need something that gets a reaction strike instead of a feeding bite. And that's that's so true, Terry. I mean, I put a fish in the box the other day, and uh, we did wind up letting her go. But before I released her, um, she spit up nine shad, nine. And that's the food source that's going on right now. And with this winter coming, this bad weather coming, it's going to kill a lot of them, a lot of those shad. And we'll force those fish to look a little closer for food, to look a little harder. Right now, they're sitting, they're sitting in their easy chair. When one comes by, they eat it. But if they have to start hunting, the fishing will just get that much better. Abs- I agree. Absolutely. So, are you seeing any patterns out there um, as far as any kind of wind conditions out there this morning at all? Um, it seems like it's blowing out this out of the studio. You know, it's something that I always go. You know, where you're fishing up against that wind blown shoreline. Well, we were on the the very north end of the tower, and uh, I had to take my wife to the airport this morning. But the guys I'm with now, they'd caught 17 uh, in an hour over there before I even got to the to the lake, actually. And uh, we pulled over here in the calm area so I could call you guys and visit with you for a little bit. But uh, I pulled up here and made one cast, and I lost a, a really good fish. might have been a carp, but uh, I lost a really good one. They're all big walleyes if you don't see them. <laughs> <laughs> You're the man, dude. <laughs> all right, so before yeah. we run out of time here, I've been, I understand you've been out on Aurora a little bit. Uh, any, any real quick tips that you can offer for somebody heading out there this weekend? If, if, you're, if you're going to fish Aurora... And uh, I'd get on a windblown shore and low light conditions. I'd cast out a jerk bait to the shore, anchor my boat out there, you know, 50 yards off. And I'd work it real easy back to the boat. And you will catch some walleye doing that. You might catch a jumbo fish, too, or a big smallie. You just can't tell. Uh, the perch bite's been really good. Um, it's a matter of finding them and whatever they want that particular day, which could be a nice jig. You don't know, a piece of a worm on a jig head or whatever. But uh, Aurora, Aurora, there again, too, it's it's a little hard to fish because it is larger than Cherry Creek, and all you have are electrics. But there are some phenomenal fish in Aurora Reservoir also. Yeah, and, and you know, it offers that whole secondary dynamic of having those panfish out there as well. You know, I've been hearing a lot of guys have been having great success drop shotting little bits yeah. of gulp out there on ice jigs, even, uh, you know, a few night crawlers mixed in here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but those blade baits uh, also can be, you know, a, a decent producer for some of those uh, perch on some of the smaller blades, like a little Johnson thinfisher. Yes, and, and uh, if you notice with the perch and the walleye at Aurora, a lot of times when you put one in the boat, it spits up small crawdads. So that's food for thought for most people. I mean, imitate a crawdad, something probably bite it. Yeah, well, especially at Aurora. That's that's how it is across this whole state with the forage. Yep. Well, Kevin, we're out of time down here. I, I certainly appreciate the phone call and the the insight. Uh, you know, Kevin's one of the the best walleye fishermen in the metro area, and he is certainly a uh, a great resource. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, uh, what's your phone number if, uh, you, if somebody wants to take a trip? Um, my phone number is 303-870-0603. Excellent, Kevin. Well, I certainly appreciate it. 
All righty. Take care, Austin. Terry, you too. Thank you. You're listening to day. Terry. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You know, I kind of like this song. I think we'll just make Jr. wait because he pulls a lot of stuff on me anyway. Well, no, don't turn that down. It's Dire Straits. There you go. All right. All right. You're listening to Terry Wilson Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phone. Joining us from Colorado Clays is J.R. Pierce. Good morning, J.R. Good morning, Terry. Nice try, but you know I don't go away. Yeah, well, yeah. the only time I can't get a hold of you is when you're tatted out fishing and you don't call me. Method to my madness. Yeah, right. Yeah, I will eventually. I've got um, Austin Parr in studio with me, and he's uh, an avid bird hunter, by the way. Oh, awesome! So, so you know, you and I want to talk. Let's, you know, it's been a while. Tell, describe Colorado clays to the people out there. Well, and thanks for that, Terry. As Colorado's premier public shooting facility here at Colorado Clays, we offer, of course, the finest and rifle, pistol, and shotgun shooting opportunities for really everyone from the beginning shooter up to experts, including law enforcement and military, you name it. Um, We are open year-round. We're handicap accessible. And what's really cool is that everything we offer here at Colorado Clays can be done by an individual as well as groups of up to hundreds of people. So we've really got it. Uh, covered for everyone, Terry. Well, what I'm looking for is a range where I can outshoot Karen. Uh, well, you know what, Terry? It's funny. Doug and I were talking about that the other day, uh, what we were going to do to get your marksmanship skills going, and we decided we're just going to put in a horseshoe pit. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny, my friend. Hey, you know, seriously, I, I did make a note. You and I talked earlier in the week, and I made a note, and you have instructors on in almost all disciplines of shooting. And one of the notes I made, because I do shoot on a pretty regular basis, at least handguns. I don't hunt as much as I used to anymore. Um, but practicing bad habits and sometimes you don't know you're doing that if you don't have a watchful eye helping you excellent point terry and you know we do see this all the time so let's just go ahead and start with the the pistol like you were talking about um as you know we've got that beautiful semi indoor outdoor pistol range got 10 lanes in it with a target return system uh it's got that natural light and airflow um, downrange, so it's a very comfortable experience for anyone. But back to that, whether you are, let's say, the beginning shooter, um, maybe a recreational shooter, you've got a home defense gun and you want to get better with that, uh, possibly a hunter or competitive shooter, um, Colorado Clay is, a, is more than just a place to shoot. With a simple phone call to make an appointment, um, you can get uh, a session with one of our on-staff instructors, and uh, I'm telling you for a fact, Terry, and you brought it up, there are a few little things uh, with, with pistol, for example, that can make the difference between um, hitting and missing or shooting type groups. And we also do a Pistol 101 class. You can always check our website or call and check on that. And, of course, while I'm at it, our rifle range, very beautiful state-of-the-art facility, uh, 100 yards, got 10 bays of that as well, and uh, that has a telephoto camera on your target and a monitor in your base, so we can do sight-in in real time. One thing we have available actually tomorrow morning and again October 14th and 21st 
is our sight-in clinic. And what you get with that sight-in clinic is a session from 7.30 in the morning till 9 a.m. with one of our on-staff experts that really help you dial that hunting gun, competitive gun, whatever you want in and take. We do small groups and uh, high-quality time to, to let you learn some stuff that you may not know there. And last but not least, our shotgun. We have uh, staff and outside instructors that we use uh, for shotgun instruction. So it doesn't matter if you're a beginner, a kid, or adult. Uh, and we've talked about our training trap, Terry. What a great tool. Uh, schedule a session with an instructor and learn it right. Another, another really popular one would be these bachelor parties coming in. A lot of guys haven't shot before, but they thought that would be a fun afternoon um, to go do some uh, shooting. Well, with a simple phone call, again, you can schedule a session with an instructor, get you a field, and have a great time with an event like that. Uh, and then one I know you and I have talked a lot about, Terry, is this hunting preparation. And, um, you know, getting a session with an instructor is really not about classroom and the history of shooting. Sometimes all a guy needs is to have someone work with him uh, tell them what they're doing on a particular target that gives them trouble, and uh, you can you can make leaps and bounds in a short session. And really, with these modern guns, um, you can do adjustments on a length and recoil, um, cast adjustments, comb, ribs, chokes, and shims, and customize your gun without having to use gunsmiths or anything. With a couple adjustments and somebody looking over your shoulder, we can get you on track. So a lot of good tools with a simple phone call. Well, you know, with the bird seasons really on us, uh, a fitting of that shotgun is so important. And I, and I can t- attest to that. I've In the old days, I borrowed a shotgun when I was out somewhere for a clay's shoot or something. And it just really, and, and the other thing, people don't, practice with their hunting clothes on and that gun fits you so different now austin was out doing some dove hunting because he's he's um he's very um he likes to punish himself i guess <laughs> but you said austin you saw a lot of pheasants definitely did yeah a lot of that stuff out northeast it was full of pheasants um out you know east of the the jumbo type area and uh you know we're looking forward to it so a good fitting shotgun and and some practice out at the range will be what you'll need to to make some of those shots and and i'm going to have ed gorman on in a couple of weeks and get his take on the pheasants and the quail that are out there and i know you and doug went out and spent some ammunition on doves already. But, you know, if you're getting ready for the pheasant season, uh, I think, what is your wobble trap probably the best? Uh, Yeah, good point, Terry. Probably, hands down, the best tool available to anybody to prepare for pheasant uh, or any, you know, any of the upland, I mean, quail, chucker, pheasant, you name it, uh, is that wobble trap overlaid onto our skeet field. And that wobble trap is like a regular trap oscillating side to side, but also goes up and down. So you could simulate flushes anywhere from ground level uh, in any direction to, you know, high up in flyers. And what's really beautiful about that being on our skeet field, Terry, is that you can move uh, many yards in every direction. So you're not just locked in behind that trap and uh, uh, no better tool for getting ready for pheasant season. No, and it, but it's so expensive. Yeah, um, so it, it's a. I get this all the time, Terry. People are just amazed that they can go down there, 
uh, shoot a box of shells in preparation, and the cost is no more than $7.50 to, to do that. A lot of work for a little money. It really is. I keep telling you guys you got to charge more. But it's, but as you guys really do have a great facility out there. And, and, you know, the time bird hunting, I mean, the waterfall have started already. But the, the, the big up, I know we've had doves, but the pheasants and quail are going to be on us and very, very quickly. How do they get a hold of you so they can come and sharpen their skills a little? Well, Terry, always give us a call, 303-659-7117, and we'll get you lined up. Or certainly go to our website, coloradoclays.com. Everything you need is there, and uh, we'll get you going. And don't ever bother with JR's personal cell phone, because he's either on the water, and he'll call you afterwards and tell you about it. Terry, I can't answer it with a fishing pole in my hand. Thank you, my friend. Have a good day. All right, JR from Colorado Clays. Great people. Just, you know, they're they're just wonderful people to deal with. You know, if you're into the shooting sports, go check them out. You don't need to be a member. You just show up. You don't need an appointment except for the special classes and clinics. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. I have Austin Parr in studio with me. We're wrapping up this week's show. Austin, we we were going to talk more hunting, but Nate was busy harvesting a pronghorn, so we talked a lot of fishing. But it's probably appropriate that we did because, first of all, no matter what's going on in the fall, a lot of fishermen have put their boats and their gear away for the season. A lot of people, their kids are in sports, they're sports fans, they're spending the weekends watching sports, and uh, a lot of avid anglers are avid hunters, so they're in, the, they're in the field. And so right now is some of the best fishing of the year, and it's not nearly as crowded. You don't have to put up with as much boat traffic. These cool days, you're not going to have the the jet skiers and the the wakeboarders out, and everybody needs to recreate. The lakes are for everybody, but it's just the ideal time, and this weather is going to trigger some great fishing. It really is, and especially when you talk about the conventional aspect of things uh, as far as the fishing is concerned. These lakes really aren't crowded at all right now. I mean, we'll go out there on a on a Saturday or a Sunday right now, especially tomorrow, if you can get out there while the, the Broncos are playing and then the Rockies in the afternoon, it's going to be a ghost town as far as fishermen are concerned. So you can go out there tomorrow and have some great success. And then, you know, at the same time, a lot of other anglers are pursuing, uh, you know, a lot of your, your trout and your salmon that are running right now, which is a really nice thing. So if you're looking to get on some great fishing, this is the best time of year, in my opinion. You know, we didn't even get to that, but you said you heard that there's a lot of salmon running in the dream stream right now there are yeah up there there's a, a great run right going on right now above uh, blue mesa up on the gunnison there's a ton of salmon up there right now and we're starting to see some really nice brown trout in in all your classic spots so you know especially uh, on the dream stream i've seen a couple of fish that have been really nice lately well you know people they they get kind of where are they snagging the salmon they want to just go fill with meat but i'll tell you what if you go with a fly rod or or a conventional rod and just go and catch some of those salmon and that, and then mo- a lot of these places are catch and release, no matter what you catch. Yes. So you're going to fight those salmon, and you're going to catch some nice browns, some big rainbows that are up chasing the browns' eggs. And Absolutely, you can just have, you know, if you, especially if you're a fly fisherman, if you've never gone after those salmon and those big trout in the river when the salmon are running and those eggs are everywhere. 
fantastic fly fishing. It's a really unique experience for sure. It's it's amazing to walk up on a hole and see a hole turn that crimson red color. Um, it's it's something that is unlike anything else in this state, at least. When when I was uh, years ago, I also used to write a column for Mile High Sports Magazine. I wrote their outdoor column. And I remember one of the columns that really got a lot of attraction from people. I, I talked about being in a river and feeling the salmon hitting my waders. And, you know, <laughs> as you got into the article, everybody thought I was probably in Alaska or something. Yep. I was on the dream stream. Yep. And those salmon were coming, and I could feel them pelting my legs as they were coming <laughs> up the river, you know. And it's just it's amazing. And then if you want to go, like, below... Um, Green Mountain and some places where you can keep them. Yeah. Even where you can snag, I'd much rather, even if I'm going to smoke them, I'd rather catch them on a rod and reel. It's just so much, you know, conventional tackle. Yeah, and it's still quite productive as well. I mean, you can just run, you know, we mentioned slip bobbers a couple of times today, but a slip bobber with a, a little atomic teaser tube jig from Berkeley is a fantastic choice. You know, pick one that's in a bright orange or a bright uh, pink type color and tip it with a waxworm or a mealworm where permitted, and that can be a great option. And we've also had a lot of success before stripping clouser minnows so chartreuse and pink clouser minnows you know chartreuse and white and pink and white that can be a really good technique and you can even throw jerk baits at some of these as well so you can get some smaller um, you know cutter type baits from berkeley you know some of the cutter 90s and some of the brighter colors and suspend those right out in front of those salmon and those big males will eat those out of aggression well yeah the salmon are consuming their own body so yep. they're not in a feeding mode it's totally a reaction bite when they're when they're turning red that's true here as it is in alaska or canada or anywhere where there's salmon you know they get to have one date in their life and then they die yeah but they're um so it's all reaction but it's just it, they're phenomenal fighters because you're getting this four-year-old salmon in there and it's just it's a lot of fun but but you know we heard that spinny is on fire for huge trout they're catching both on a fly rod and spoons it's just fantastic and taro's fishing incredibly well for numbers of fish and you're going to find that true throughout the mountain lakes talked to bernie last week granby is just going to be on fire those fish are moving shallow right now, especially with this cooler weather. These are the days when you can go from shore or a boat and catch, even if you're an average angler, you catch 30, 40 lake trout. Absolutely. And I mean, places we mentioned Granby there, but even like Jefferson Lake can be a really good choice. You know, another spot that's at really high elevation and a lot of people are going to start ignoring that. So, you know, your, your summertime crowds are gone, but any of those type of lakes like that are all going to be having big trout move in no matter the trout. And it's going to be, and, Trout, we started the show by talking about trout right here on the Front Range. And they're stocking, you know, they, they tend not to stock heavily on the Front Range lakes because the water gets so warm in the summer. They'll stock early in the spring. And even the small ponds and things, a lot of the smaller lakes and ponds, they're filling them with trout. St. Vrain's a great example of this. They're going to fill those with trout right now so that from now till freeze up so that those will hold over for ice fishing. But in the meantime... The shore fishing, because the water is cooling, and whether it's Cherry Creek, Aurora, Chatfield, or St. Verain, or Boyd, those trout are going to move close to shore. And you can take the kids out. You can have some power bait. You can throw some spoons. You can just make a day of it on a nice day. and You catch a number of trout, take a few home for the pan, and just have a great time. It really is a great time for kids. And, you know, you, you talk about taking kids out pan fishing all the time. People always want to ask me, okay, well, where can I go to take my kid out? to catch some little crappies or bluegills. Well, a lot of times I'll turn them around, especially this time of year, and say, well, instead of doing that, go and target some of these stock trout because they are so cooperative and they're so 
uh, abundant with the state putting these in, that it's a really good opportunity. Just go read the stocking report. On my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, we put the fishing report every week, and that includes a link to the stocking report. You can go see where they've put these fish. My neighbor watches the stocking report in Fort Collins. As soon as they stock City Park, he's down there with his daughter catching trout. And they do extremely well. So you can do that. But, you know, I don't want to leave without talking again, too, about the warm water species. We've had, it's been a crazy fall where, I mean, I've gone out to target the white bass and ended up largemouth bass fishing <laughs> and caught, and they've been wonderful. I've gone after the walleyes and ended up with white bass. There ha- it's been tough to predict the type of bites you're going to get, but I think these, we've got a couple weeks of cold weather now. We're going to see probably a 5 to 10 degree temperature drop in these lakes. That's going to stress these bait fish. It's going to make them gather up, be very vulnerable. And lakes like Cherry Creek, Chatfield, Pueblo, Boyd, and the southeastern lakes like John Martin and those lakes out there, the fishing is just going to be on fire for the rest of the year, really. It really is. And I mean, these walleyes, they can sense that cold weather coming along with the shad dying, obviously, but they are looking to feed right now. And they're going to be trying to put on as much weight as they can. And going and and doing those same techniques, you know, you're, you're... jigging wraps and your blade baits and your jigging spoons and and your snap jigs all to to get those fish to react to that can be so so productive and then once again mimicking your bait fish population with whatever type of of lure you're looking to throw so if you're looking to go out to aurora more of your perch type forage is going to be better so a johnny darter and a yellow perch color or or a yellow perch uh some form of a, a jigging spoon some of the real baits or the crippled herrings can be really good but then cherry creek or chatfield or boyd all your shad style baits and you know a lot of times i'll vary my colors a little bit on that too so instead of going all my standard uh, chrome and black type colors i'll go to more of a, a glow or a white or even you know a chrome and blue just to change everything up a little bit and sometimes i find that that's really effective as well you know, right now, if you just wanted to catch fish, if you're willing to make the drive down to the southeast, John Martin, if the white bass down there are so prolific, and while you're fishing for them, you're going to catch saw guys up to probably 25 inches. Yeah. And, you know, but you're going to catch, if you just are somebody who wants to take a group of people or your family and just go catch fish, even if you stay in Pueblo, because it's a bit of a drive from here. But John Martin is just... If you can't catch a white bass at John Martin Reservoir right now, take up bowling. Might as well quit fishing. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> and, and and you say that, and you can get bad fishing anytime. The fish don't always cooperate. Yeah. But it's, it's just an incredible opportunity, and you're going to catch saw guys while you're doing it. Absolutely, and nice ones, too. And the thing about that lake as well is, although there is more water than we've had in, in the, some of the other drought years, the, the water level has been drawn down. And once again, it's going to concentrate those fish. Those white bass are going to be boiling on your bait fish out there. Your saw guys are going, not, aren't going to be very far behind and you know it's another place that a, a gulp minnow as with many places in this state is quite productive there's a few baits they hear us talk about a lot is then a gulp minnow a, a jigging wrap johnny darter type bait a blade bait you know folks we use them because they work and pay jerk attention baits. to that yeah, because they, it's legitimately yeah. what we're utilizing yeah they work hey so if people want to just meet you, uh, or if they want to book a trip with you, tell people how they find you. So I'm always down at Discount Fishing Tackle. We're just south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. So I'm I'm down there. Unless I'm guiding, that's pretty much uh, where I am residing. But otherwise, my phone number is 303-514-5546. And you can also get a hold of me on uh, social media as well. And if you just stop by Discount Tackle, you're always there to share information and show them the lures we talk about. Yeah, I mean, we're regionally based down there. I'm the one doing 
doing all the buying. So I'm out there guiding and I'm putting the correct inventory on the shelves. All so right. you know what you use and what works. It's going to wrap things up for this week. Uh, we talked a lot of fishing. Um, we're going to talk some more hunting as we get into the fall too. We're going to we're going to have Ed Gorman on in the next couple weeks. Up, we're going to go over the pheasant population in the state and the quail. We're hearing some optimistic reports, so we're very uh, we're very excited about that. But folks, if you're a, if you love to fish, uh, there's so many opportunities right now to get out and enjoy it. Follow me on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. A lot of the information on this show gets posted there. In addition, my column gets posted on Facebook, and any new additions to our YouTube channel gets posted. Thanks to Kyle for keeping this running, Karen for keeping me in line, Austin for joining us. We are listening to Terry Wickstrom. We'll let the music, the Eagles, take us to the top of the hour in 104.3 The Fan. This could be-